The Theonauts, episode 55. The one where God gave you a map to my heart. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you theophiles out there. How are we doing? All right. This is going to be an awesome show. I'm so excited. I'm David Gaddy. stoked. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theonauts. So, yes, we're going to have some special guests. Yeah, we are. It's going to be fun. Uh, musicians, right? Yeah. Of some sort? Yes. Yeah. Some sort of mu- musicians are going right. to be. Are you adjusting? Yeah, I just can't get your level right. Hang That's, on. Okay. Just keep talking. Okay, I'll keep talking. So, uh... Man, have you heard about all the uh, news I have for us? <laughs> I don't know what to say here. <laughs> yeah. I'm really confused. Hey, I'm okay. going to Super Summer next week. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm yeah. super excited about super it. Super excited it's about It's going to be that. super. Um, <laughs> man, I can't wait. I, You know, it feels like a year ago that I was just talking about this on Theonauts. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Go figure. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but uh, it probably was one of our first episodes, I think. Oh, it was early on, but yeah. Really? Anyway, so... Yeah, we've been at it this for more than a year now. Yeah, it's crazy. Time flies. Yeah. Time go, flies. Go figure. That's right. But uh, uh, Super Summer, it, for those of you who don't know, aren't hip and cool, is a uh, is a uh, leadership camp that I take my youth to every year, and it's like absolutely amazing. They come back totally fired up and uh, and ready to go. And You serve soup there? Yes, we serve soup and summer, <laughs> but... No, it's uh, dude, it's it's amazing. Their motto is "Send us your best, and we'll send them back better." And so I'm really yeah. jazzed up. I get to teach a whole bunch of lessons and and do a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm uh, on the blue team, and it's just gonna be great. So I'm I'm ready for it. We leave on Saturday, so pray for us out there, Theonaut Nation, that uh, that God would work in our youth yeah. group as we go. But well, I. Um, officiated another wedding. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this weekend. Did you mess so, up this time? No. Did you, can you believe that? No, no that's uh, great. hiccups. Yeah. It just went smoothly. Yeah. For the, I think that's. No, what, do you take him? Or do you, does he take him? What was this is the, the second time I've been able to pull it off. That's really good. Without yeah. some weird. So, two out of how many weddings? Uh, at least four. <laughs> Five. <laughs> oh, uh, so you're shooting around yeah, well, 60 Yeah, I'm, uh, I married one couple twice. Really? Yeah. Well, once for real. Oh, that's right. And then once for the family. When, yeah, for whenever Because yeah. uh, she was from China. And that's had, right. Had to have her family came in, and they had a big thing. Yeah. So, But this was a uh, was neat. Of course, they wanted it was an outdoor wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you never know <laughs> so what's going to happen go. with that. This was in weddings. Texarkana, so they were still getting rain like wow. we were. Wow. So the question was, is this going to even be able to happen? Right. The microphones were shorting out during oh, uh, during rehearsal. Yeah. And we were all up underneath the pavilion during the her- rehearsal because it was raining. Yeah. And and so they were like, oh, well, I guess we'll just do it under here. It was the most <laughs> laid back, lackadaisical wedding I've ever been a part of. Wow. It was so cool. That's great. Because 
uh, it was all like uh, during rehearsal, the bride tells me, I've only been to one wedding my whole life. So I don't even really care how this goes over. It's like, you know, it'll be memorable no matter what. That right. was her motto. They're going to get married. Yeah, it's going to happen one way or the other. Exactly. And so they didn't have markers for the for the attendance. Wow. Nothing. They didn't. The wedding planner just basically all she did was time when people went down the aisle. Right. Wow. So they they came up and they just kind of stood wherever they had. Like eight attendants on each side. Wow. They had four flower girls. Four flower girls? <laughs> yeah, all coming down the aisle at the same gracious. time throwing flowers. It was <laughs> really, awesome. It was really cool. So uh, uh, it was very laid back and all this sort of thing. And uh, in fact, the groom went during rehearsal brings the bride down, you know, and then I said, who gives this woman to be wed? And he looks at me like, I don't know. Raises his hand. Me? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, well, you should say, you know, yeah, her, her mother, mother and, and I, I, or what? And and his in his response was, "Do we have to do that?" <laughs> so, so yeah, the bride's like, "Nah, let's not do it. Let's just hug, and then you go sit down." Awesome. So yeah, it was just so cool. That's awesome. And then, uh, but yeah, uh, God gave us a clear window during the actual wedding, so there was no rain. Man, it was just, uh, it was. It was overcast, so it was perfect for pictures. Yeah. And, I mean, it was just, it worked out beautifully. It was really cool. And they had this uh, really nice uh, reception. Instead of a wine fountain, they had a milk fountain and cookies. (laughs) Dude, that's epic. I want that at my, wait a minute, I've already had a wedding. I want that at my, like, 20th anniversary or something. Yeah, it was really cool. That's neat. I'm doing a wedding at the end of this month, so hopefully it'll be that Oh, yeah. 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 So Austin Roberts is getting married. Oh, okay. You know know him, I think. Is that you or is that me? That's probably me. (laughs) I have all these. Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. I have all these (laughs) open. I always start the... uh, the recording with all these open windows on my laptop because of the news. Oh, right. So yeah. Some of them like to spout out stuff. Sorry <laughs> about that. Excuse me. Anyways, yesterday I yes. had a uh, five-year uh, anniversary surprise party thrown by my church. Oh, me and yes, that's right. Oh, my goodness. It was just amazing. I knew that was coming. I had no clue. And I was keeping quiet. You did it. really good because <laughs> I didn't know anything. In fact, I had just gotten done playing with a whole bunch of youth softball. So here I am with sweat rings all over, <laughs> dying and going in, and everybody's like, surprise! I'm like, no, no, I'm going to go away now. But it was awesome. It was just amazing hearing everybody and just uh, just special folks. So they gave us this book, and it was pictures of the uh, our five years together. Yeah. And all this, and then they gave us a, a Texas flag, and they de- uh, they dedic- uh, they what he declared us official Texans. Oh, okay. So n- I am now an official Texan. Yeah. So you're, does that mean you're no longer a Sooner fan? No, it doesn't. I can be an official <laughs> Texan. I told him I'm going to fly this Texas flag right under my OU flag. <laughs> And they said, we'll take it back. And yeah. I said, no. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, that's what's going on with me. You awesome. want to hear some news? Sure. And now, the news. Well, I don't know if this is news anymore. It's all over social media. And unless you've been living in, I don't know, Guadalajara, New Mexico, which actually wouldn't matter. You would... Uh, <laughs> you would they don't have internet there? Uh, maybe. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just very slow bandwidth. New okay. Mexico or Mexico? Isn't it Guadalajara or New I, Mexico? I have no idea. It might be Mexico. Maybe so you can New Mexico really doesn't have internet access. Right. Or news media. That's right. At all. Um, <laughs> you've heard about Miss Caitlyn Jenner, <laughs> formerly Mr. Bruce Jenner. <laughs> and, uh, the artist formerly known that's as. That's right. And she, he, he, she, graces the cover of Vanity Fair's oh, newest magazine. And uh, this is off of CNN. Um, Jenner's Journey from Bruce to Caitlin. It's the whole story. You can get it, I guess, at Vanity Fair. Uh, CNN says, by now you've seen Caitlin, nay, Bruce, Jenner, on the cover of Vanity Fair. You'll find the portrait stunning, either because it's a beautiful portrait of a 65-year-old vixen who has found her power and freedom. <laughs> <laughs> or because you're stunningly uncomfortable looking at it, which is that defines some, me. Yeah, some truth. In I that. look at that. and I'm like, that's it's like a train wreck. That's not a woman, but it looks like a woman. Okay, anyways, dude looks like a lady. Exactly. It says it's not the first time the magazine cover has set our discomfort into overdrive. <laughs> well, that's right. They did the the. The pregnant Demi Moore. Yeah, the Demi Moore, <laughs> naked pregnant Demi Moore. <laughs> she was busting with life is what CNN says about that. Uh, but anyway, so there's this huge, huge debate going on about Caitlyn Jenner and how to treat this. And, yeah. you know, I've seen Christians just raging against it. And then yeah. I've seen other Christians like, shut up, totally stop raging. And then yeah. total acceptance on the other side. And so, man, it's a... It's a hot topic issue, just like uh, any other thing. But uh, he's going to get the uh, he she's going to get the uh, ESPN Bravery Award. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That's the thing that I guess irks me about the whole thing. Yeah, is I I understand what they're saying about this being a brave thing, but but the flip side of that is it's, it's nece- not necessarily a brave thing. People do all kinds of things like this yeah. that is in the, in the media. There's not a lot of real persecution I believe is going to happen to right. Bruce Jennings over this thing. Oh no, in it's, fact he's going to get wide, I mean, people will acceptance. talk about him and people will will uh, Slam him. I mean, yeah. the conservatives and the and you know are going to slam him, but uh, the overall majority of people are going to go. He's not going yeah. to suffer any uh, physical. Uh, I mean, okay, look, the people he was up against for this award, you know, a a, a veteran who lost his arm and leg and still competes in uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, running and all kinds of decathlons yes. and stuff. So you've got he's up against guys like that, and it's like really that uh, the. <laughs> so, it's just a sign of where our our society is gone. Yeah, or or there was a um, our definition a, of bravery. Uh, is a woman totally basketball jacked. player who had cancer. Yeah, and and played all the way up to the very end, and stuff like that. So that's what it's being compared to. And I like I I read a a thing on Facebook that basically said, you know, bravery, using the term brave, I'm not so sure if it applies to Bruce Jenner as much as it applies to our soldiers, you know, facing adversity in Afghanistan or or something like that. Or, you know, somebody who's well, and opponents will say they're different types of bravery. Yeah. You know, but my response is, yeah, but I don't think Bruce Jenner's type is that brave at all. I mean, it's just coming out. Right, uh, and if he had done this, you know, 
30 years ago, 30 years ago it would have been it, really it brave. It would have been, yeah, braver. But, yeah. Um, but, I mean, even back then, yeah, Boy George wasn't winning awards for his transgender That's stuff true. back in the 80s. That's true. Did you hear about uh, the Simpsons episode that, uh, no, it was a Family Guy episode that uh, predicted this? <laughs> no. Stewie's like, Stewie talks about... Uh, Bruce Jenner being a woman, yeah. In this Family Guy episode, this is, and then nine years ago, uh, what's the name? What's the name of that love and marriage? You know, yeah, 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 married with children. Bundy, yeah, Ted Bundy. They, you know the Ted Bundy or no, <laughs> Ed, what's his name? Bundy something. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the the little blonde headed lady in that show. Uh, Bo Jackson walks in and goes, "Hey, aren't you Bruce Jenner?" Like, twice. oh, oh, so oh. nine years ago, it was predicted. Also, so here was my thought oh, whenever, yeah. whenever I saw this Caitlyn Jenner Vanity Fair thing: is that looks like Jessica Lang? Wow! <laughs> Whoa! Mind blown! And so then I started, I started looking around, and I'm not the only one who thought that. People were like <laughs> tweeting. Jessica Lang and, and Caitlyn Jenner, right? And and so she's even addressed it. Wow. Yeah. Someone said, "What do you think about the fact that you're trending on Twitter because of this Caitlyn Jenner yeah. thing?" And uh, <laughs> and she's like, "What's that mean?" <laughs> she's like, "I don't do the internet, okay." <laughs> wow. That's so funny, man. So yeah, it's crazy. All right, I've I have two more stories, and okay. we got to get to them. Uh, Lucifer. Uh, a new Fox show that will be premiering in 2016. Uh, this is the cat from Cinderella, right? Yes. No, not at all. In fact, this is the Lord of the Underworld himself. <laughs> Satan! <laughs> Anyways, the story, the plot line is this. So the devil gets bored in the Underworld and he decides to retire. <laughs> from ruling the underworld. Right. So he comes on Earth, and he's hanging out in L.A. So he's doing his normal thing, like drug, sex, rock, rock and roll, all that. Yeah. And uh, one of his good buddies in L.A. ends up getting murdered or something. And so he decides to... So basically, <laughs> the whole thing is he decides to start helping the LAPD solve murder cases. Satan <laughs> is helping... Lucifer is helping the LAPD solve murder case, and and then he's and then he's torturing the, the people, the like murderers. A horrible show, it's the worst writing I it imagine ever. But the concept itself is just retarded. <laughs> Satan is going to help the good guys now, catch if it's the a, bad guys. If it's a comedy, okay, I can see. But if <laughs> no, it, it's a drama. If it's it's a, a serious, police drama. <laughs> get out! I'm not even kidding. Fox uh, is going to. This is my prediction. Either it's going to become widely popular because of stupidity, yeah, or it's going to be an outrageous flop and be gone within the first season. There's already been huge backlash against it. There have been uh, Christian organizations like American Family, uh, whatever, is, has started a petition to get it banned and like. So all Lucifer's going to kind of be the good guy in the show. He is. He's yeah. the okay. He's the anti-hero, but he's the hero, right? right? And. He has he has a demon friend who hangs out with him, and she she goes and tortures the bad guys and all this stuff also. So oh, it's just absolutely retarded train wreck. But yeah, it's it's look for that coming down the pipe. And then uh, the one that really uh, hit home, I imagine more for you than for me. But just I I read this and my heart broke. This is a uh, this is from NPR, um, but it's a 
expose of the American Red Cross, and mm-hmm. the title is How the, How the Red <clears throat> Cross Raised Half a Billion Dollars for Haiti and Built Six Homes. Amazing. So basically, they've been raising all the support for, for Haiti since the earthquake. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2011, they launched a multi-million dollar project to transform a, uh, transform a desperately poor area. Uh, uh, Lamica, have you been to Lamica? Do you I know? I have not. Um, which is... Campeche or something. Yeah, Campeche. It's it's right in Port-au-Prince, <clears throat> I guess, right yeah. around there. Um, anyways, they wanted to... Uh, they wanted to take that whole part of that part of Port Port French, which is right now it's just shack housing, like most yeah all of Haiti temporary housing. Yeah, temporary housing, and they wanted to build houses for it, and so they raised all this money. Um, today, not one home has been built in Campeche. Uh, many residents live in shacks made of rusty sheet metal without access to drinkable water, electricity, or basic sanitation. When it rains, their homes flood. Residents bail out water. The Red Cross receives an outpouring of donations after the, after the quake, nearly half a billion dollars, and they've done nothing with it. The, basically, it's been tied up in um, governmental stuff. Right. Whoever they're using right. takes a cut, and so they have they nothing have to, to show outsource for. the stuff because there's no real skill sets in that organization for right. that type of thing. Right. So and that and that's I mean this is this is not just the Red Cross by the way. No, this is almost this is a problem with every, all kinds of yeah. big charitable groups like the Red Cross. Right. The United Way, I mean the, the, anytime you've got a big group like this, there's so much bureaucracy, there's so much uh uh trickle down that yeah. has to happen before it actually hits the ground. Right. That uh, it, 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 especially in a, in a place like Haiti, where things needed to happen and it needed to happen soon, right. like sooner rather than later, that was so hard to do. That, I read that people were quitting the Red Cross yeah. because it was like, we can't get anything done. We're sitting in meetings and we're talking about all this stuff while the money is just hemorrhaging. Right. And so where is uh, they? They won't even really release where all the funds were spent. Right. Uh, so that right there gives you an indication. And they've had some turnaround too, and as far as their leadership because of it. Oh yes. So there's been, been big, some backdoor a, a, things. A going big on. mess. The people that were here's part of the problem. American. Um, uh, it, uh, this this idea that the we American know mindset. that we know what we're doing, we're going to come in and fix it. Right. Uh, when when. You, I know firsthand from being there, you have to empower the Haitians to fix what their own local things. You can't like start at the top down. You have to work from the bottom up. Right. So uh, there are plenty of laborers who know what they're doing. Skilled laborers. And and you can find without without jobs in Haiti. Unlike what the media thinks. The Haitians are not dumb. They are not lazy. They are not just sitting there with their hands out looking for giveaways. Giveaways. Yeah. They are willing to work. They're willing. To, and so, and plus, whenever you empower the locals to work, they are at eighty percent unemployment. Right. Okay. So, when it's it, helping the entire economy. Right. You're not just helping to fix homes. You, you're helping to these. You're revitalizing a broken and destroyed economy right. whenever you hire them, and that's what they need to do. Is yeah, a construction worker right. who maybe lives in the better part of Port-au-Prince, and he lives in a nice home or a better home. He his house doesn't need repair, but 
He still needs to put food on the table. He still needs to take care of his family. And this is why whenever people see on the news and then they think, well, I need to help that out, so I'll just throw some money at it. Mm-hmm. And they go, okay, so American Red Cross, that, that is a, I mean, that is a household name organization that's been helping people uh, for centuries, right? Right. And so they think, oh, I'll just give money to American Red Cross. I've done my good deed. It's taken care of. What they don't realize is it's done nothing except for make you poor, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why, man, this is why we are in dire need of missions with people who actually go get their feet on the ground, talk to Haitians, connect with them, right. and and make a plan there. Well, and like some of the excuses that they were giving in the article uh, are not true. Like, for example, one of the big excuses in there is that none of the workers knew Creole. Okay? There are plenty of people, once again, oh, there's tons you of can translators. hire yeah. as translators. Okay, so once again, you're putting money back into their economy. You're helping individuals when right. you hire them to be translators. Right. So uh, you, you don't have to, like, everyone that works there doesn't have to know Speak the language. Creole, yeah. You, you can get things accomplished. Yeah. But you have to partner with locals. That's that right. Is the, that is the big number one thing. Yeah. It's not about American churches or American government coming in and fixing stuff. Right. It's about going in and partnering with the locals to help grow it from the ground up. That's absolutely right. And it's just, you know, it's why whenever we read something like this, we're just... Other people who are uninformed about this are so shocked. They can't believe yeah. this is happening. But the reality is, I mean, that's whenever we I was went not over there. Shocked whenever yeah. I read this. By yeah, the way. When, I wasn't either. I was. For me, it was confirmation mm-hmm. because I'm going. I'm going around to everybody who was like, why are you going over there? What's I'm going, look, see, this is why you go over well, there. This type of stuff is what gives Americans kind of a bad reputation over yeah. there because a lot of the Haitians they see what. Places like the Red Cross has, has, have done or not right. done, and then they they superimpose that image onto you whenever you're down there right. trying to work. So uh, we'll just like uh, I went on a prayer walk one time, and I was saying, "Hey, we're from America. We're here. We're, we're here to help in any way we can, et cetera, et cetera." And I remember this one lady w- met us with extreme skepticism. Sure, I mean her response was, "How are you going? What exactly are you doing to yeah. help? Really, you're going to go back home next month, or you know, whatever." Right. And uh, so, I mean, you have to really start explaining. Well. Yeah. No, I'm here on a regular basis. We're right. We, we, I've got partners here that I fund. That right. you know, and so you really have to. Um, you have to send. We have to fix a lot of what right. those problems that were got caused. Whenever over. you, whenever you send it directly to a partner in Haiti, a Haitian in mm-hmm. Haiti who knows what they're doing, like what what you're doing with your footprints of charity, mm-hmm. who actually are there on the ground, full time missionaries doing the work. It it takes it out of the organizational screw up, right. and it goes directly to helping uh, Haitians. Well, and, and, the, and the thing is, you can't just pick a Haitian and start funding them. No, you, it's a relationship. That's right. So you've got to find people that are trustworthy. Because exactly. just like everybody else, there are untrusty, uh, untrustworthy Haitians. Right. Just like, and it's only hum, only human nature. You exactly. got a lot of people in a lot of need, and everyone is going to jump at an opportunity. That's right. So you do have to um, 
you do have to make sure that the people that you are partnering with are trustworthy people. That's why you go over and spend you time relationships. and build relationships. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's so don't be shocked when you read this article, but you need to read it. You need to give it to anybody you can to show them, you know, this is really what happens and we need to do things differently. We don't need to be like the rest of the world that just thinks they can throw money at it and it'll disappear. We right. need to be actual servants going over, getting boots on the ground. And, and once again, and also remember that the, the, the job is not to fix Haiti. No. The job is to help people. Right. And there's a big difference in those two things. Oh, yeah very different you know so uh all right uh i do have some uh brothers and sisters come together hallelujah the pope is here do you think anybody's gonna get tired of this <laughs> i don't think so i don't know I've, I've, <laughs> melanie my wife is like <laughs> she's she's like i hope people aren't getting offended by all this pope stuff <laughs> Like the Protestants are, you know, or do they so think that you're though. hailing the Pope? And I'm like, well, or do the Catholics think you're making fun of him? You know, I guess we are making fun Maybe. of him. Maybe. <laughs> so I don't Just know. Just a little bit. But no, it's it's cool. He's he's the Pope. I mean, you got to talk about the Pope <laughs> if you're a Christian podcast, right? I mean, at some point. So anyways, uh, Pope Francis will speak to Congress. Republic presidential candidate Rick Santorum has called on Pope Francis to leave science to the scientists in an effort to avoid supporting the Pope's <laughs> message on protecting the environment and fighting climate change. The Pope's response, he's going to talk to... Uh, He's going to talk to uh, Congress, and he's going to show off his degree in chemistry and the work that he's done as a chemist. So the Pope goes, oh, yes, Centurum, I am a scientist. scientist. And I'm the Pope. I'm Pope scientist. I love the headline. It's from Time Magazine. <laughs> Pope Francis, the chemist, should give, con- should give Congress a science lesson. So, wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh I'm really excited that the Pope is backing himself up as a scientist, a man of higher learning. So way to go, Pope Francis. You're awesome. That's all I got today. Yes. Awesome. We have some more voicemail. Yeah. Although, you'll recognize this voice. (laughs) Hey, what's up, Theo Knotts? This is your friend, Riley Neal, from the Theo Knott Flight Academy. I wanted to uh, holler at you guys a little bit. Um, I'm I'm still getting caught up from the on the show now that the semester's over for me. But um, I really enjoyed your um, podcast on discipleship. It was uh, so awesome, and uh, I love that you guys uh, talked at the end about um, this model that we're seeing lately um, popping up in churches um, called life groups or home groups or small groups. Um, at my church in Waco, it's called missional communities. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to uh, to share a little bit of insight that I got um, on that concept this year in my uh, my Christian uh, heritage class, which is a history course. Um, a lot of people tend to think that model, um, the small group or home group model, is a is a recent innovation, but actually the exact opposite um, is the case. Uh, if we uh, if we trace the history back a little bit, we can see that um, the uh, home group or small group uh, model was something that was implemented uh, with a ton of success by some guys named John and Charles Wesley, the Wesley brothers. Yeah. Um, those guys that started a <laughs> string of revivals all around England and North America. Their um, methods. At their time, religion was pretty dead. Um, Christianity was pretty dead. Um, people saw churches uh, one hour per week 
thing on Sunday and uh, didn't live like Christians the rest of the week. And um, Wesley went around with his revivals and he was preaching, you know, authentic Christianity and stuff. Um, and one of the things he realized is that people were going to have a hard time um, with follow-up to uh, to um, conversion and stuff whenever they were converted or um, awakened or whatever at one of his revivals. So he set up these small groups where the people would um, meet uh, during the week, um, probably in an evening in one of their homes, and uh, that way they could encourage each other, study the Bible together, pray together, a lot like what our life groups do now. Um, and they could do that um, and still be a part of their institutional churches and continue to work for the reform of those churches. Um, but the idea wasn't Wesley's original idea either. Um, he got it from some guys called uh, the German Pietists, who are some awesome guys, and really, um, if you trace the roots back of evangelical Christianity, you end up at the German Pietists. And the German Pietists were some guys who uh, wanted to stir people's hearts back towards God um, after the Reformation had kind of uh, run its course in Germany and Lutheranism, as uh, they saw it, had become as dead as Roman Catholicism before the Reformation. So they were trying to reignite um, people for God, and uh, the small group or life group was something that they used, small groups meeting in homes for prayer, encouragement, Bible study, the discipleship stuff. Um, anyway, I, I don't think this model is... is uh... <coughs> oh. That's where it cut him off. Oh, it cut him off. <laughs> I don't think this model is... Uh, oh, okay, wait, hang on, wait. hang on. He, 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 he dialed in again. Okay. Oh, I see how it is. Your voicemail just cuts people off after they talk <laughs> for a couple minutes. Sorry, you're right. Gotcha. <laughs> um, anyway, I was saying uh, this model uh, that Wesley used and that the German pietists um, used, uh, I really think it looks a lot like the early church. Hmm meetings um, would have looked like, um, meeting in homes uh, with all these different functions, and uh, it being a very uh, personal, um, involving uh, type discussion, instead of um, there being, uh, you know, a couple, you know, like performing, you know, musicians, performing preacher, and passive listeners. Um, instead, you have a very hands-on approach to discipleship. Um, I think that's a lot what like what the early church's meetings um, would have looked like before Constantine got a hold of things and turned Christianity into this big <laughs> bureaucratic monstrosity that <laughs> came after that. But don't, don't get me started there. Um, anyway, I was just uh, just wanting to, to share that and think about um, that idea. Maybe maybe it's more than just a recent innovation that's happened to uh, click with millennials. Maybe it is something uh, really close uh, to the core of what it means to be the church, this this idea of home groups and uh, being hands-on uh, and in each other's lives with uh, discipleship. You guys are awesome. I love the episode. Keep up the awesome podcasting. Later. <laughs> Man, so, what a great yeah, thanks, what a Riley. great insight, Riley. I, I totally agree with him. I think that this is, I think we could call this almost authentic Christianity and authentic church. Yeah. Or... Restoration, yeah, the restorations, <laughs> and I. Every time he's he's uh, he's walked through history pretty quickly, but what he's showing is the church dying, pretty much, or becoming lackadaisical, mm-hmm. or becoming lethargic, and then reigniting. And usually, how it reignites is with these small groups yeah. that start meeting together well, and rejuvenating each like other. Like Solomon said, 
there's nothing new under the sun. That's right. This is a cyclical pattern. Yes. And it's and it's happened since day one. Amen. Uh, I think the bureaucracy actually started before Constantine got old. <laughs> I do too. Uh, <laughs> but you know, there's been these ups and downs, and and uh, the climb toward legalism, and then a break whenever grace is introduced again, and then that slow climb back up into the natural right. state of things, and and. Uh, uh, church is seen as an institution more than a relationship and that sort of thing so that uh, yeah I think we're, all, we're just we're just on the peak of one of those cyclical paths right That's now right. but I do think that it's a it's a coming back to the the roots of Christianity which is back to uh, home groups and right. and that sort of thing of course they had a different reason for it too uh, you know, I mean, you couldn't be as open in the first century. That's right. You know, early on you could because your persecution basically came from the Jews. Right. It wasn't until the Romans caught on and uh, burned down the temple and all right. that that uh, even if, because Christianity was just seen as an offshoot of Judaism right. to the Romans. And, you know, and it was yeah. another faction. So it wasn't until the break of that that all of a sudden, every, yeah, Jews, Christians, <laughs> all of it, you know, were. <laughs> Right. We're going to feed you the lions. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, wow. Well, all right. Well, thanks for that, man. Thanks, Riley. By the way, Riley's my lackey this summer. I don't know if you knew that, but he's my uh, he's my summer intern. So oh, yeah. He so makes you get my to, coffee you every get to morning. You beat him up. And, and then I get to beat him up. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's <laughs> no, he's doing great. I love him to death. So, thanks, Riley. Awesome. Well, you want to play some uh, trivia? Bring it on. Trivia. Where are you at, dude? Um, I think I am on letters, numbers, and sequences. My cards are all messed up. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, uh, it's a terrible question. Terrible as in good? Yeah, terrible as in easy. <laughs> Lay it on me. What? What? Is your favorite color? No, I'm joking. Okay. Blue. <laughs> no, no, red. <laughs> Sorry, man. Monty Python keeps fitting into all of our episodes. Okay. Yeah. Letters, numbers, and sequences. What is the 65th book of the Bible? 65th. The 65th. 65th. That would be Jude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bring it on, baby. <laughs> The all 13 verses of it. <laughs> all right, so what's yours? <laughs> okay, you are on names, right? I, I guess so. You got the prophecy one right. Yes, I finally. Okay. Took forever. So, so you're on names. Oh, you ready? Here we go. Spell. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Spell. Spell Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write this out. I'm not even going to. I'll play the Jeopardy music while you're writing. Okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm going to get this wrong. Okay, go for it. N-E-B-E. Am I right so far? I, I ain't saying. Okay. <laughs> C-A-N-E-Z-E-A-R. Oh, C-A-N-E-Z-Z-E-R. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> N-E-B-I? <laughs> I totally give up. It's, How do you spell Nebuchadnezzar? And I'm an English major, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that. 
so ridiculous. It's N E B U. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. C H A D N E Z Z A R. That's retarded. Nebu Chad Nezar. That's, oh my goodness. Uh, okay, you'll get You get what's the 65th book of the yeah. Bible, and I get spell Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, man. Okay, I'm on New Testament. Yeah, you are. Okay. Of what two spiritual gifts... Wow, this is a great question. Of what two spiritual gifts does Paul compare the value in 1 Corinthians 14? I know this because I had the greatest four-way argument about it. About two hours ago in our church office. Oh, two hours ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Give me the question again, so I'll make sure I get clear what I'm answering. Of what two spiritual gifts does Paul compare the value in 1 Corinthians 14? Okay. The In 14? Yes. What spiritual gifts does he compare? This could be really easy to get wrong. Because 1 Corinthians 14 is the one that deals with... uh, uh, actual worship services type of no, that's fifteen. No, that's fourteen. At the end of fourteen, but no, the, the beginning thing, of fourteen, it's, it's about uh, tongues, speaking in tongues. I'd rather speak with, uh, I'd rather speak ten thousand words in an un, or in that's an own tongue. Thirteen. No, that's uh, thirteen is love, love chapter. <laughs> so First Corinthians fourteen is all about what happens in in a service. So it's the women keeping well, silent, so, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so but at the beginning is what this is. That's where about. okay. So what spiritual gifts are talked about? Yeah, in are compared or oh compared? Yeah. Okay, so which one's more important? Which one should you do? Which one? Well, that sounds like the end of thirteen. Well, it's the beginning of fourteen. <laughs> so it's right it's at the beginning of fourteen. Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna say. Um, Speaking in tongues, yes, with uh, is it going to be? Is it still referring to love? No, no, oh, man. Ah. I was that's why I was like fourteen, not thirteen. Yeah. Okay, hang on, hang on. gift of prophecy, gift of prophecy. That's right. Ah. No. <laughs> no, okay, I got it. Yeah, speaking in tongues and prophecy. At the beginning, he's talking about. I would rather you. Prophesied and spoken tongues. Oh right, okay, gotcha. Um, because yeah. yeah, because yeah, he he talks about you know if you're going to prophesy, do it two or three at a time. Right. I mean, all of that's in chapter fourteen. Right. Okay. Which is really interesting. The beginning of chapter fourteen is the only evidence I find for Babel language, like you know, who in time I bought tiles to my Honda. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, oh wow, spirit just filled you. It did. Whew, that was great. <laughs> no, the other ones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a long time ago, my dad said, hey, if you want to talk in tongues, just say who untied my bow tie and who stole my Honda really fast. <laughs> who untied my bow tie, who stole my Honda. Who untied my bow tie, who stole my Honda. <laughs> See, it works. <laughs> That's so wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, I apologize. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Okay, you've got a question. Oh, uh, do I? Yeah. <laughs> One more. I'm sorry. Totally derailed us. <laughs> okay, we're on. You're on names still. Okay. Yeah. Who said, "Quote, we have found the Messiah." Come and see. We have found the Messiah. Come and see. Right. 
That's the quote. Is it? I think. I just. It was one of the disciples. It was. Um, it was one of the twelve. It was John. Dang it! Would have been Andrew. Oh, that's right. That's, that's in John one verse forty. I knew it was in John. I just thought it'd be John. <laughs> Dad, gummit. Oh well. Oh well. It is I'm o for two today, and you are o for no one for one. One for one well, for no. Two. Hold on to me. We got a great big world to see. So let's see. Find the beat, harmony, and melody. Let's make the song of you and me. All right. Well, we got some guests here in the Theo Not Studio with us, don't we, Jeremiah? Yes, we do. It's pretty awesome. We have recording turn off my artist. Phone, sorry. Oh yeah, turn your phone off. <laughs> my bad. Recording artist Copper Lily is here with us. Yes. Yes. Pleasure to be here with you guys, <laughs> Stephanie Thanks and for Tim. Being here. Yes, Stephanie used to be Smith. Yes. Now That's Skipper. Right. That's right. And uh, she was recording artist with Goatee Records, correct? Correct. Right. Awesome. And then she married this guy. Tim Skipper. Yes, sir. Who was also a goatee recording artist. That's right. That's yeah. how we was met. Was he really? That's yeah. how we met. Through oh, the label. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. tell us how you met. I, I've always been <laughs> well, interested in the story. This is a really good story because we met in 2006 and I fell in love with her. He's lying. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I always thought, like, um, what's wrong with me that you didn't I was the only girl and um, amongst about 15 festival? 15 or 20 guys right. um, so Goatee up, up outside of Chicago they took me as a new artist on a little bit of a retreat just to go meet the label you know meet the family they were saying yeah. so House of Heroes was playing and Reliant K and Toby and Force John Five. Rubin and yeah 4th um, wow. yeah, oh, Avenue Jones Tim is with House of Heroes yes, <laughs> yes. oh yeah right <laughs> yeah. 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 that probably comes up all the time right off the bat right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is about copper. That's right. right. So Tim's band, House of Heroes, was playing there. And we met that day, and neither one of us remember it. No. Really? We hung out until probably three in the morning as a big group with everybody. And I was, were you there? Yeah, I was like, were you there? Because I remember Family Force 5, um, but House of Heroes was a lot more reserved compared to... I imagine they are, (laughs) So they kind of got outshined, I think. Um. But then fast forward to 2009, and Stephanie was out on tour with Reliant K and Toby Mac. Cool. And Matt from Reliant K, his mom had a heart attack, and so we had to fly home. And so she filled in for him for one show and then they flew me out and we shared Reliant K's lead vocal duties yeah. Oh wow! for three shows. See, so that's awesome. we can both put on our resume that we've been the lead singer for Reliant, Reliant K. K. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. And that was wow. the first time that we were both like Oh hi. Yeah, that tour ended in Phoenix, Arizona yeah. and there was a little coffee stand there where we both, looking back, were able to say, like, that was the first time I kind of saw you with new eyes. And huh. he was like, me too! So yeah. we kind of had the same moment, but it was just three years, three and a half years after initially meeting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so was it after y'all had, had met and like been together for a while, was it was it then that you recorded um, Got Foolish, Foolish Kings? Kings? Yeah. That was about three months after that Reliant K. Yeah, that was in December, that that Phoenix show that we were filling in for Reliant K. And then in March, the next year, uh, Tim asked me to sing on 
Foolish Kings, cool. and he used it as an opportunity for a little bit of a, a our first one-on-one -on -one hang. Ah, so he smooth. was in, yeah, I was living in Nashville, and he was still in Columbus, Ohio, and wow. they, but he was in town recording, right? So I was working a shift at a jewelry store, and I was getting off at nine o'clock at night, and had a text from him that said, "So what are you doing tonight? You know, I just figure you'll be more comfortable in the studio tomorrow if we hang out tonight. So what yeah. are you doing?" Nice. So you hit it off, got married, and how long has it been now? We've been married two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah, wow. yeah. Awesome. Cool. Is it everything yeah. you uh, figured it would be being married? I don't know. Uh, I, I, thankfully, we got married a little later. I was thirty-one, and and Steph was twenty-eight, and so uh, I think if I had gotten married at twenty-one, I would have been sorely disappointed. Yeah, but uh, I think after kind of seeing my friends go through some marriage stuff and and uh, just what is this really? I, I think no. we knew what we were getting into wow. um, for the most part. There are surprises. But. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was one of the things that that was really cool when I saw you guys perform before was yeah. how much of your story of your personal life and interaction comes through in the performance. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's I think it's good lessons for. The listeners. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially if you're starting out in a relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Christina, my wife and I were sitting in a, a parking lot and I was showing her your music for the first time. And uh, I showed her the song, um, oh, what's it called? A it's, Lot to Learn. A Lot to Learn, yes. <laughs> that's amazing. And we were just laughing so hard because that's exactly like, you're really good at like pulling out the story of marriage. Yeah. Right? It's <laughs> so true. It's amazing. Awesome. So, and I, I see that a lot in your music. Like the yeah. first song on your on your album, um, which is uh, the, story the story of us, of us which yeah, is like yeah, yeah. I can see that now. It's, it's just really neat. So yeah, 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 I yeah. love it. Like that's, thank you. That's where yeah. your music comes from. So yeah. tell me about your songwriting process. Like, hmm. well, it's super easy. Yeah, um, he's lying again. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> it's not easy at all. Um, I think we've grown to find a way that's working for us, but yeah, but it's taken. I mean, we started trying to write songs a year before we got married, probably, and, oh my goodness, I, I joke that I quit the band two or three times because of <laughs> bad writing sessions that we had had, <laughs> but it's not really a joke. I legitimately wow. said, Stephanie, this will not get in the way of our marriage surviving I'm done yeah I was the one that was pushing a little harder like I think if we j we can get through this we just need to keep trying and there was something I mean I rem you know sometimes when you remember where you were when you had a, a kind of impactful thought right, yeah, yeah. I remember walking from the car to the house and I could probably find the place I was in the yard and I had this almost like it hit me between the eyes like if you put the work in now like what fruit it will bear later will be far worth it wow. mm -hmm. and so i was like we have to keep trying <laughs> <laughs> but the, the crazy thing was we found out we were communicating poorly um mm. stephanie had written she the way she wrote songs she wrote with a hundred different songwriters in nashville mm. and she got the final say because it was stephanie smith the right. band right. sure and i wrote with colin and aj since 1996 you know <laughs> so 
I knew how to write with those guys. And it's almost, it's strange. It's almost telepathic at this point. We just make decisions without even talking about it. Yeah. But, and all you do in a Nashville songwriting session is bounce ideas off each other. So right. it's constantly, you're trying to keep the dialogue going. You're learning about somebody and you're trying to encourage or like chase down an idea. Yeah. And so the silence, when we would try and write, I'd be like, do you like it? And he would just shrug his shoulders. He wouldn't even say yes or no. <laughs> Which, and, Totally works in House of Heroes world. Yeah. yeah. So it would lead to then, you know, writing is such a vulnerable personal thing. And so all of a sudden I felt so exposed. I'd thrown ideas out there. Yeah. He wasn't responding wow. with either positive or negative. And so I would start to shut down and be like, You hate me. You hate all of my ideas. Yeah. Wow. So, oh no, when did y'all start actually doing this process in your marriage? Was it like before you got married or Well, we tried writing one or two songs before we got married. Yeah, um, we did. We were still writing for Our Stephanie Smith, or we were writing. We, we didn't have any clue that Copper Lily was actually going to be a thing, okay. and, and we sort of stumbled upon it because we had we were trying to get to family vacation for a week, <laughs> but we couldn't afford to miss a week of work, so we booked acoustic shows out there playing Stephanie songs and House Hero songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we ended up making enough money that we were like, maybe there's some. Maybe we should try something. Yeah. And yeah. so about a year into marriage was when we were like. Okay, this has been fun, you know, uh, watching movies and eating ice cream every night, but let's start trying something. Let's start wow. trying to write some songs. And yep. So we got a fire pit, and we wrote that whole first EP almost outside, oh, just around really? our fire pit, just in the backyard. You know, there's not a song on that EP that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank really you. Good. That, that, Thanks, is, guys. that is amazing. All of it's good. Yeah. Yeah. But when I first heard the EP, I was like, wow, wow, yeah. wow, every song. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, and I hear... Your influence, and mm-hmm. I hear your influence. Yeah, Absolutely. That cool? It's Absolutely. like it's not House of Heroes. It's something and, different. And it's not Stephanie's. Yeah. It's yeah. something in the middle, and yeah. it works really, really well. That's awesome. Wow. That's great. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so have you found like it's it's brought you closer together, like uh, communication-wise, songwriting? I, I, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 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 It's actually illuminated some things for me where I would say things to her uh, that I would say in a House of Heroes writing session. Like for instance, I would say, "No, that's a dumb idea. Let's uh, let's try this," uh, you know. And and she would be like, "You can't say that to me, you know. I'm your wife. Don't right. tell me, you know." And I was like, "Oh my goodness! I talk to my bandmates this way. That is completely disrespectful." Yeah. yeah, right. They are guys. Yeah. yeah, there is a difference there. Right. I think the interesting thing is we realize two things. There's not just one way to create. You know, because a lot of times Tim would just push back when I'd be like, try it this way. And he was like, that's not how we do it in House of Heroes. <laughs> and I'm like, I am not House of Heroes, you know. And and there are other ways to um, and just try just it. Just try yeah. it. And then for me, I was a communication major. And so I would just kind of try feel like I was delivering this message and Tim was like can you try and say it a different way and so the two <laughs> things we came out with there's not one way to create like one right way to create and there's not one right way to communicate mm-hmm. so maybe there's a song in that I don't know because yeah. it rhymes but um, those were two kind of mind-blowing growing things for us wow. so it sounds like the experience itself was good fodder for your lyrics and yeah <laughs> yeah that's exactly they really right. were yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah I think marriage itself is like Lends a plethora of uh, I know of ideas. For <laughs> There's no shortage. Yeah, right. to That's exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you guys just uh, 
got a house, right? We did. Oh, yeah. How bought our that, first how house. How was that process? It was... Uh, An adventure. That's right. There we go. That's the nice way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was but, definitely you know, I know an we were supposed to do this like in May, some, uh, May 23rd. Right. And it was like, oh, no, we got house Yeah. Problems. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. insane. Uh, yeah, it really was. And it really is a long story, and I love every detail of it, so to abbreviate it is hard for me. Tim does better <laughs> at um, abbreviating it. But We've been looking for, for a year and a half, Yeah. and we were there were several points along the way where we were so bummed that we either lost out on a house in a bidding war or mm. we just weren't seeing anything because the market in Nashville is just exploding right now and so we're right. very quickly being priced out of all the neighborhoods that we wanted to With be a in a small uh, modest budget yeah that's right yeah <laughs> um, so we finally we found a place we, we had resolved to not look anymore around Christmas time we said we're going to put out put out this uh Copper Lily record. Different band. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we're going to go for that, and then we'll look for some houses, because we're doing this independent. It's not yeah. cheap, you know? Right. And so uh, then, of course, a month and a half later, we find the dream house in, in the, the dream, dream neighborhood. neighborhood. For the dream price. Yeah. Wow. It's so awesome. it was listed a hundred dollars under our max budget, and wow. so we thought, okay, okay, we could put a full price offer in, right. but if anybody else comes in with a higher offer, we're tapped out. We can't do it. So we begged the listing agent, please let us see the house before it lists, so that we can kind of have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And um, he was gracious enough to let us in two days before it hit the market, wow. so we could get a bid in. Right. We put a full price offer in, and um, said to expire the night before it hit the market. So he had yeah. to answer before anyone else got to see it. <laughs> but and he accepted it, no counter. That's yeah. awesome. So we thought, that's wow, crazy. that's exciting. It's in the neighborhood. There's our because I was like really praying for a story. I wanted when somebody came to our house to to sit down and go you got to hear how we got this house you know like i wanted that and so i was like cool we like who knew we could get the neighborhood we wanted for the price we wanted and and the story did not end there so i had we had decided this was kind of the year to risk for copper lily we don't have kids yet we're you know still newlyweds but we want to maybe start having kids soon so we were like let's go for copper lily this year so that means quit our jobs so i had already put in my notice at work when the house came on the market and apparently the loan company wasn't excited about oh, me getting a, <laughs> approved on my... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you mean that W-2 job you've had for the past four years is now 1099? Yeah. Um, and so our like mortgage broker, he he flipped a, his lid. He yeah. was like, you can't. You need a co-signer. There's no way. Right. And I just, I'm telling you, I'd been praying about this for a year. And and. The crazy thing about God is, you know, somebody can't take this and go, well, it worked for her. I'm going to go try it. You know, like you need the Holy Spirit, right? To be leading you. But where I felt like he was leading me was, um, I got this. I'm going to blow your mind. Like I'm going to, um, show you just how good I am in, in through this story. And, um, he really did. And we didn't need a co-signer. We had to jump through so many hoops and so many paperwork, so much paperwork. Um, we actually had to push our, uh, closing time back. We didn't have to move the date, but the time we were supposed to close at 11 a.m. It had to go back to 4 p.m. And then the, uh, the title, uh, attorney. title attorney showed up a half hour late because she was still working on our papers right up to the last <laughs> second. But even da- I mean, for me, this was such a faith journey sure. too, um, because people kept telling us like good willing friends. They were like, yeah, I've been through the house stuff. You'll probably have to change your closing date, but I believe God will give you the house. And I was like, no, 
I just something my spirit <laughs> was like happen. this day. <laughs> yeah. This it is this day. And I so when we we had to change the time but not the date and I just knew it and wow. so I came out of there and I was like anyone who comes in our house is going to hear this story about <laughs> <laughs> God provided this house because it just yeah. there were so many things that quote unquote shouldn't have worked out and yeah. they did, you know. So that, that's awesome. That's how God works. I so know. we can right. tell the story. Yes. It's so neat. That's goodness. Exactly. Yeah. It seems like I heard someone told me that you get that this was on some reality show or something. It, it's that's about right. to be. But we haven't and quite that's part of the reason that we had to move the, uh, the date for this show is yeah. because um, house hunters uh, on yes. HGTV. Stephanie contacted them <laughs> months and, ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And of course, they got a hold of us the day before we closed. They were wow. like, "Hey, you guys want to be on the show? We we came across your picture, and you guys are really cute, and your music's really good." And uh, and she's like, "We would love to, but we close tomorrow." And they said, "Well, this is kind of a spoiler alert, but um, they said, well, we don't start talking to you till after you close anyway." Oh like, wow! Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. we'll still do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so we filmed so cool. the first part, um, and we have a little bit more filming to do in yeah. June oh, when we cool. get home. So. That's neat. Okay. Yeah. Well, we didn't mean to break an NDA yeah. or anything yeah. that you guys might <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm looking at Tim going, don't tell her on the <laughs> yeah, okay. To know when it, when it airs, because I'd love to see it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, they said about five or six months from now, so okay. we'll... we'll We'll, we'll let y'all promo know. it whenever. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Cool. That's cool. Okay, I was, I was going to ask you guys, uh, what is your take on the whole, this is a broad question, uh, <laughs> we've talked a lot on our show about Christian labels and Christian marketing and things like this, and yeah. I've heard a lot of bands dealing with this issue of, is it a Christian band, yeah. is it Christians in a band? And, and all this sort of thing, and um, I hear a lot of stories about people getting, like they start in a, a youth group band and they end up getting signed and all of a sudden they're stuck in this and some of them aren't even really converted. And there's just all kinds of problems mm -hmm. around the Christian music, music industry. industry. Mm -hmm. What has been y'all's experience with that? I mean, are you, I don't mean to like, you don't want to slam your label or sure. anything like yeah. that. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but just, you know, in general, what the feel is with the Christian music community and, and that sort of thing. Do you have sure. strong opinions about it or yeah. is it just... Uh, yeah, I'm going to let Stephanie start with this one because I've spent entirely too much time in my own mind on that very okay. topic. But yeah, you go ahead. Well, you know, in my personal experience, I was I was excited to be part of the Christian music community. And then in experiencing that and being part of it, it's like, you know, the curtains pulled back and you're like, wait, these are people too. You know, yeah. these are messed up people wow. and these are people who get greedy and these are yeah. people who have their own agenda. And... Um, you know, so you're going to find that in the church and you're right. going to find that in Christian business and you're going to find that in Hollywood. And, you know, so I think that's a good thing to remember is that it's it's still just people yeah. and we're all messed up. But as far as a creative standpoint, um, I felt like the floodgates opened for me in leaving the Christian music industry huh. because um, in those hundred writing sessions, I sat down and, you know, you're, you're trying to write 
um, for radio because ultimately radio is going to put butts in seats at right. shows, you know, so and drive the industry. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. And they kind of know it. So they are yeah. the gatekeepers, especially for Christian music. So, you know, I'd send a song to the label and the label was like, man, this is really cool. And we want to encourage creativity in you, but we need radio to like this. And so can you rewrite it? So, you know, can you say it differently? Can you, you know, it needs to be more vertical, they would say, you know, like more up and down instead right. of broad or, um, and yeah. so it was, it felt very much like, you know, unless it was this tiny little dot that you hit a bullseye on, mm-hmm. you know, there was no room to really explore so I left there and I was really just kind of broken over the dream, feeling like I'd failed. And, you know, just there were a lot of things in the industry changing when I hit, um, when Stephanie Smith came onto the market and it just didn't work the way anyone thought. Goatee, myself, my management, anybody. So in leaving that, I was dealing with a lot of heartache and, um, I turned, I had gotten really tired of music tired of Christian music, couldn't listen to it. Yeah. Um, because I felt, I constantly <laughs> you know felt, I did. And yeah, I yeah. felt, <laughs> um, deeply compared anytime I listened, you mm-hmm. know, to another vocalist that I had toured with and it was working for them. I felt like I didn't measure up. And so wow. it created really nasty things for my, sure. just my heart. So I just step away for a while and I felt like, um, this thing that I loved music and singing for so long I almost despised it mm-hmm. and I didn't recognize that so it sent me on a journey to f- re-fall in love with music um, and a huge part of that for me was worship music leading worship at my church because the writing process had been done and there were songs I had already connected to and sure. I could just sing my heart out <laughs> sure. to Jesus yeah, and right. no one was going to write a review about it you okay. know my yeah. leading my, my friends and family at church you know right. in worship but I could use my voice and sing to my Lord. So that's kind of where the falling back in love with this happened. And then the freedom to write whatever I wanted. And I was a newlywed. So these songs, like I write a lot of our lyrics. Tim helps mm-hmm. a lot. But a lot of these things are coming from like yeah. the deepest place where I feel like I'm writing now. Um, the way I've always wanted to but Christian radio won't play it you know it doesn't even though it's edifying to marriage and that sort of thing it doesn't doesn't quite fit it doesn't that's the bummer thing I think I feel like since the 90s the box that Christian music fits into just keeps on shrinking and keeps on shrinking to the point where there are certain producers that work there are certain writers that work and it if you're not with one of those writers or producers it's going to be an uphill battle for you to get on the radio you can hear this on the like the major radio, major Christian radio stations. Yeah. They, I mean, their their songs are getting slimmer and slimmer. Like yeah. You know, it's a repeat over and over and over again of the the same it's a narrow message. It's very narrow. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's yeah, exactly right. I feel you on that. Yeah. One. So I had a, a, a we were talking with a buddy who's a worship pastor yesterday. Yeah. And he had a great take on it um, because he was so frustrated that these worship albums are coming out and they're getting reviewed and some of them are getting slammed and some mm-hmm. of them are getting praised and it's like. Are we really reviewing how we communicate with our, our creator? Wow. You know? Yeah. And he said, what, what, his line was, if I want to listen to good music, I'll go listen to good music. But if I want to honor God, I'll sing some worship songs. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, That's sad. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit sad, but there's, you know, so. there's a lot of truth in it, yeah. you know? It's there like, is. So, I, you know, that's the interesting thing for me is I oh. could never delineate the difference between, um, congregational corporate worship and that needs to fit inside certain parameters because not everybody has Fre- Freddie Mercury's ro- voice sure. you know yeah. 
Uh, not everybody can sing Mariah Carey's runs, uh, right. so it has to be within a certain. You guys got all that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we can dr- keep dreaming. We can keep trying. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those things where, okay, corporate worship needs to be that. Mm-hmm. It does, and and that's totally fine. Um, so that it can be inclusive. Exactly. You know, I think there's a beauty to um, somebody who's tone deaf being able to at least follow yeah, a song right. and and mm-hmm. raise their voice to the Lord. You know, we don't need worship doesn't always have to be um, so so artful. Yeah. You know, um, but I think there's a place for to is take. Nope. Who's that? It's not me. I'm I'm dead. Dude. Oh, it is me. I never have my phone on. Sorry. That's quite all right. We are completely unprofessional. That's right. Uh, we can, we can admit it. We can mess yeah. with that. Right so funny. No problem. I was just, That's why we pre-record. Yeah, yeah there, you there you go. There you go. That's why we're not on the radio. That's right. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, that was the dentist calling. Oh, gotcha. I'll call her back. Yeah. What Sorry. you were saying about like t- that tone deaf thing, there's a... Uh, Rich Mullins is my, my hero. I love like, Rich uh, Mullins. Me too. And one of the things that he talks about is going to this worship service and these guys were totally horrible like the whole thing was just terrible and he says it's the best worship experience i'd ever had in my life you know and then he says you know if you want to go to good music i, I recommend this kind of music but yeah, yeah. you know that's that's art it's music worship is something completely different mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i totally i feel you all on that that's so true yeah, yeah absolutely man yeah so i feel like there's there needs to be space for art for Christian art, yes, that doesn't have to necessarily be described as anything oh, other yeah. than you know, I'm just ma- I'm making art. I'm I'm I feel like I've learned something, I've received something, and now I'm I'm giving it out yeah. to to the people. Whereas worship is like I'm here in this community, and we are all taking what we have here, and we are uh, offering it up. Amen. You That's know? right. Dude. Well, you and know, so, I think a lot of what's driving the problem that you guys maybe have experienced in all this. It's not even from top down, it's from bottom up. You've got all these people and their expectations yeah. of what Christian music is that they aren't, <laughs> uh, when you don't provide that product exactly as they want it, yeah. then they start getting really fickle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one time I was at a uh, Four Today concert. Oh, yeah. And, um, and Maddie was on the stage saying, uh, Look, I'm not here to entertain. You Christians, mm-hmm. I'm here for the lost people that came in, who need Jesus. Nice. <laughs> wow. And and so that's, to me, I think that's part of the problem is we all look. Well, I won't listen to anything but Christian music. Yeah. And you're limiting the artistic nature of the artists yeah. themselves yeah. by yeah. doing that because it's all God-given talent. Right. right. I mean, yeah. We don't say that Handel was a Christian artist. Yeah. But he wrote Handel's Messiah. Messiah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. But but for some reason in our modern culture we do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really a shame that that you know we don't we don't see God's glory in all of it, even if the lyrics aren't yeah. directed mm-hmm. you know, toward worship. Yeah. But, yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's good stuff. So um, influences. What what kind of influences? Said Freddie Mercury in there. Yeah, yeah oh. he snuck that in. I totally noticed. <laughs> the really? Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. House of Heroes, like oh man, it's such like I can see Queen in that. But totally. You go, what's your? They're song? literally my favorite band of all time. <laughs> but yeah. he wore a Queen shirt yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I love that. I love you know classic '60s and '70s rock. Sure. You know, just that stuff. And then and 
some 80s stuff and then a lot of 90s stuff. So, yeah. like, the grunge era was when I really... I wasn't allowed to listen to rock music, but uh, I got to middle school, and I was like, you can't tell me what to listen to anymore, Mom. <laughs> and so I was like... I'm going to rebel. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That's great. So Smashing all pumpkins. those Smashing Pumpkins, Soundgarden, all those bands, yeah. just... Uh, total rock bands and I just got way into it yeah. and so that it's funny I didn't realize at the time how much the, that stuff was influencing me until now I listen back to those records and I go oh I totally ripped that off <laughs> big time you know <laughs> so sure yeah I remember the first time I heard I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. <laughs> I was like in grade school and I I was in a car seat still, I think. That's wow. how young I was. I think it was like 1990 or something. I was five yeah. and um, a booster seat. And we were pulling into the driveway and I was like, what? is this <laughs> and um my mom was like you haven't heard this you know i have like i guess whatever i was as a five-year-old late to the game sure. but um <laughs> it changed my life like whitney and mariah in the 90s so i was young you know I, I was born in 84 so i was like you know enjoying this 10 12 13 so i was like oh, oh my gosh give me the divas like i oh, loved yeah. their voices that what they could do um and i know it's not for everyone like tim's dad is like just sing a note like just hold, <laughs> just hold a note, so and they're like, Ooh. Yeah. but but to me, I was so fascinated that you could do that with your yeah. voice, yeah. and I saw, I listened to it as a challenge. Like, can I do that? I think I can. Yeah. Um, Wow. And then in high school, um, I went through a, a big punk rock phase. So I, um, I loved MXPX. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Oh. Well, DC Talk was sort of my median there. Yeah. So I went like totally <laughs> from the divas yeah. to like, oh, what is this like cool <laughs> yeah. rock and hip hop thing? I don't know. And then I was like, okay, now I'm punk rock and um, MXPX, MXPX like and you. yeah, and this whole like indie movement that started oh, early two thousand yeah, and. Me too, yeah. Yeah, so I loved my career as voice from MXPX, and uh, I had all their records on cassette and my Walkman. Like, wow. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. your your band started out as like a punk punk rock band. That's right. right yeah, school. yeah. We had so. three goals: play overseas, tour in a bus, and open for MXPX. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. So yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so okay, I wanted to ask y'all some questions about some of your songs. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So like, and then on the on the newest album, on the full album, mm -hmm. uh, there's a song Shadows Glow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm assuming that has something to do with your careers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So what was, what was, was driving the lyrics to that song? Is that like, uh, uh, don't get ahead of me in my, in where I am musically or successfully or how? Well, we kind of, we were fascinated by the, just the, uh, how easy it is to be codependent, you know, like, um, yeah. and, and not even realize and not it. even realize it. And we were talking about with the EP because when we were writing that it, I was going through this crazy growth spurt as a writer, having come out of, you know, those parameters we were talking about yeah. in the Christian music industry. And Tim was like, Whoa, like slow down almost like you're running yeah. ahead of me. Yeah. Totally. Um, this is our project. Yeah. Slow down. And, and she's I, like, I can't, I can't have to get this stuff get out. out. Wow. You know? And, uh, and then on this second project, I felt 
Well, and other times it's like when it's not Copper Lily's turn, House of Heroes is this animal, you know, that I want to respect and honor because it's been around longer than I have. But at the same time, where do I fit in that? Because Mm. life isn't the same Mm. now, you know, and Tim can't live the same way that he did when he was a bachelor, you know, (laughs) like, and so there's a tension and and we were like, you know what, let's hone in on that. Um, There are times where he is like in such a creative season and he's throwing all these cool guitar parts for Copper Lily songs at me and I don't have any lyrics to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And there's part of me that's like, oh no, if I don't write something right now to this, he's going to use it for House of Heroes or Solo Project and and I'll miss out. And and so Mm -hmm. there has to be this kind of, there's a push and a pull and a, um, and at the end of the day. Sometimes it's okay to go, this is your time to shine and I'm going to take a, like, have you guys ever watched Friday Night Lights, the television yeah. show. Yeah. So the end of the whole series, when they, you know, I, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, <laughs> there's something that comes up where they have an opportunity elsewhere, yeah. uh, because not because of anything that the coach did. Right. And he, like, you know, we were really inspired by that. Wow. Um, where it was like, you're right. Like it's been my time for so long. It's your time now. Wow. You know, and I'm gonna take step back and I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's part of the give and take. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then ultimately, you know, even when you're in the, in the shadows of your spouse or, mm-hmm. um, that you still have something to offer. Like you can make yeah. those shadows glow and, and yeah, it won't last forever. I love that. Cause yeah. it's, it's like, yes, uh, I'm, I'm basking in this light, mm-hmm. but you're the glow of it. And I, I thought that was so so cool yeah. uh, how you lean on one another because mm. mm-hmm. I'm even as uh, you know a promoter of the show that we're going to do here and everything it's like uh, everyone's asking me who's this copper little who's this copper little you know because you guys are just getting started yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but everybody knows House of Heroes yeah, yeah. so right. it's like you don't want to promote it as House of Heroes right because yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm thinking well Stephanie's not going to like it if I'm going this <laughs> yeah. is all you know about Tim he's from House of Heroes and, yeah. and so I was thinking a lot about that especially yeah. when I heard the song I yeah. was like wow that, there's this that's a lot of, of what's going on yeah and, that's uh, right so. yeah it's true man yeah that was a tough one to write and, and still a tough one to sing about but vitally important you know what i mean like i can't tell you how many marriages or even relationships in general i've seen where it's like no this is my thing and you just support me and that's the way it is and it goes real bad yeah Yeah, right yeah 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 Yeah. wow so uh let's see what was another one um malia Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that's Sweet so funny. Malia. I'm glad you asked. Okay, we so keep meaning I, to I, release I'm, something yeah, that I explains love the start that. Of that. Like, yeah. is this song about me? Okay, but I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Is this yeah. song about me? Yeah, great. I can't wait to. You go ahead. Um, so one person even reviewed the record, and they were like, "Are they singing to their unborn child?" <laughs> we're like, "No, that is our five-year-old niece. Um, it's Tim. Tim's sister had a baby um, five years ago, obviously, and." Um, so. This is my sister's Instagram feed. Oh, okay. And awesome. so that's Malia right there. <laughs> wow. Five she, years old. She's was that so. On the, was that her on the? That was her. She had a little cold yeah. and um, <laughs> her yeah, nose was a little stuffy. <laughs> nice. yeah. So awesome. she um, she changed everybody's world. She was the first grandchild on Tim's um, parents' side, and yeah. um, I started writing that song the day that she was born. Wow. Um, and I didn't finish it that day. Yeah. And so Stephanie challenged me about. When she was maybe three, yeah, three two. years old, two or three, uh, she said, "You're gonna finish this song, <laughs> and wow. we're gonna sing it together." You know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. 
and so they, yeah. she's just um, like a little performer herself. So it just seemed appropriate that she, because now there's two others. She has two bro- younger brothers, uh, okay. and we were kind of like, hey, do we need to write songs for them too? But <laughs> we'll get her out um, of Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Come on, Uncle. T. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> let's go throw a football with them, and they'll yeah, be happy. Like, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, my personal favorite on your, on the new album is "Beautiful Unseen." Nice. Yeah. Uh, the lyrics, the the melody, I love that it's very tricked out. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's got a lot of, of musical range yeah. happening in it, and so that's that's my favorite. Uh, I don't know if I've even got a question about it. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. it has a cool story. It does. That one, I I agree. Stephanie wrote all the lyrics except for the last little bit of it we wrote that together but she just knocked that one right out of the park we were so i was so excited when she showed me those lyrics but i had come up with that guitar part i was like hey here's what i'm thinking here's the melody and she was like this was the beginning of us figuring out what works best for us and so she said record that on your phone and send it to me so i did and about three days later and I thought she just forgot about it, but she comes and she's like, I got lyrics to that melody you sent. Listen wow. to this, you know. She had been driving around in her car and, you know, wherever she was going, listening to it and kind of just plotting out the lyrics for it. And we were, that was the most painless process yeah. of writing that we had really? ever had. Wow. And the crazy thing is I had written those lyrics probably almost a year before. Um, oh, really? And the melody I had for it, just stunk it just <laughs> you know it, compared to tim's like it has that kind of haunting and a right. driven guitar part but without it being overbearing and um yeah. there's just a mystery to the melody i think that complements the lyrics and so i it fit like a puzzle piece too i didn't really have to rework too much of the phrasing or anything just the melody and the and the placement and i Sometimes that's all you need is just somebody lights the spark for the the idea for a song. And and where I was trying to finish it, I didn't have the melody. I was missing just some pieces to really inspire the finished product. I had probably about mm-hmm. a, a third of the lyrics. And then when he gave me that, he sent me that track with the guitar part. The lyrics just came so quickly, and um, it was really a cool moment for us to realize the teamwork that we're, you know, um, we're learning that it doesn't have to to be a one, two, three, create and finish right now. It can be, give it some space, live with it. Um, right. We'll yeah. approach each other, yeah, right. give each other space to respond, you know, instead of a shrugging of the shoulders like it used to be and yeah. me going, he hates me, yeah. you know? <laughs> so. Awesome. So you've come yeah. around pretty much on, on your songwriting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. We have. Yeah, yeah. So is it like, a, does it, do the lyrics just come to you or do, does it take a long time? Do you like take pieces here and there? Yeah. Like I've heard some songwriters, they have to like wait two years before they have, yeah. you know, a good. Like, it's so subjective, man. It's like sometimes you do have to wait a lot of years for it to work out. And sometimes uh-huh. you have 10 minutes and you got a full song. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where did that come from? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> it's so funny. You listen to like these prolific songwriters, like uh, Neil Young or, yeah. or somebody and they talk about to me i mean they're talking about like something spiritual because oh yeah they'll talk about yeah it's it's not coming to me but they can almost feel when an idea is coming and they're like it's beyond me um i just have to reach out and and, and accept it yeah. and you know like 
it's like do what you were created to do. It's pretty amazing right. how people mm-hmm. have that just that ability and talent to just pull it in and yeah, yeah. put it together. It's so awesome. And yet, yeah. there are times where I try and write a lyric and no, I, everything sucks. I mean, <laughs> everything. It's like <laughs> I couldn't, uh, you know, write a lyric to save my life right now. But then uh-huh. there are days where it's like it just comes. It's so it's really there's a mis- mystery side to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, man. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> so there's awesome. no need to fear. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So good. That's awesome. So, okay, one more. Uh, um, the telephone song. Okay. You the guys black are breaking up, right? No, we're not breaking up. <laughs> that is definitely the black sheep of the record. It is. Lyrically. Lyrically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was an important song. I, I wrote that one. Tim added one chord to it, but um, he <laughs> Steph wrote the whole thing. I wrote the whole thing. Dude, real inspired. I was. Uh, um, wow. You know, I want to honor like where and who that song is about. Um, but you know, I think the beauty of art is that it doesn't always have to be taken literally. Like it wasn't about a boyfriend. Oh. Yeah. You know? So um, it was about you know a different kind of relationship. Wow. And it was ending um, the way we had known relationship was ending, and uh, I wanted just some face to face time to honor that, like to close a season. And the, this person just was um, not offering that or, or giving, reaching out, allowing that. And um, I was frustrated. I felt like after several years um, that just a, a little bit of your time wouldn't hurt. And event, you know, I wrote the song in a moment of frustration and it was therapeutic. And then we had this face-to-face time and everything's fine. <laughs> you know, it's totally wow. resolved. <laughs> but I, yeah, really good closure. Um, you know, and there's no hard feelings. It's just sometimes the song is birthed out of, you know, a moment um, and an an experience. Yeah. Well, Steph, actually, uh, we have a really good counselor in, in Nashville that he's got a great ministry where he counsels touring musicians. Oh, that's awesome. For like $5 a session, and that $5 wow. goes to build wells in Africa. And so, that's so awesome. it's really neat. Yeah. That's and so, so Stephanie, uh, you know, I remember she had a session with him and she talked about this particular situation. And he said to her, You know, I think it's okay that you say to this person, I, I don't break up on the telephone. And she was like, lyric, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, 24 hours later, after you know, it tumbles around in her head, she's like, I have a song. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Tim was gone. I had to pick him up from the airport, and I remember taking him home and um, driving him home and playing him like an iPhone memo on my phone. Right. And wow. he and typically, you know, I get silence and he wants to live with it for a minute, and he's kind of like, cool, babe. But this one, he was like, that's a great song. You need to finish that. And so. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, do you have any fanboy house of hero questions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's see. Um, Smokey P. What's next? Yeah. Okay. So we did the Smokey P, and that was kind of uh, our first little thing outside of of a label. We're totally independent doing that, and so. We just wanted to get something out. And in hindsight, to me, it feels a little bit rushed, but I still love it. I still... Some of those songs. Thank you very much. It's really good. Appreciate that. I mean, this is... To me, this is the closest you've been to that amazing... Uh, yeah. End is not the end. The end is not, not the end. end, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. dude, 
I that that album I can sit and drive for two hours and listen to it over and over again yeah, yeah. and get something new from it every time it's so awesome that's but so cool it's, yeah. it, and I do I hear all your influences in it like the Queen stuff definitely mm-hmm. like Beatles. when it comes out with uh, <laughs> those singers uh, the men like in the right. you know, I forget the name of that song uh, Codename Raven yes Codename Raven yeah. dude that's so awesome um Thanks, my favorite song that y'all have done, and I don't think it's anybody else's favorite, but it's mine, is Choose Your Blade. Oh, right on. Yeah. Dude, that song is amazing. So Thank what was, you very much. Like, did you did you write that or did was AJ that a, and I wrote that. We actually okay. wrote that um, at the beginning of the sessions for uh, Cold Hard One. That was one of the first tracks we wrote for that record. Wow. And right up until the last day we were recording that record, we planned on it being on Cold Hard really? One. Really? And, and then I think the day before, we listened to that one and Suspect together, and we were wow. like, nah, Suspect's got to be the one. So, But we went, went ahead and recorded uh, Choose Your Blade. Dude, and uh, it's just an amazing song. The concept thanks, is great. I've used it. I'm a youth pastor. Oh, yeah. And I've right. used that song as a you know the, the picture of you have this inside you, you have this inside you, mm-hmm. and they're all constantly battling. You know, That's right. Yeah, and you've yeah. got to conquer it. That's, the, yeah, that's such a good thing. But anyways, yeah, I just... I'm a big fan. <laughs> right and, uh, on. Well, thank my, you. Uh, <laughs> my protege, he's at um, Riley... He comes on here sometimes, but he's a uh, he's even a bigger fan. He's seen you like twice, I think. Oh, cool! But he'll be here tonight. I've got to introduce you. But yeah, anyways, absolutely, so, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really... so cool. Well, what's next for us? We're we're yeah. starting our full length record on July twentieth. Okay. So we did a fundraiser for it last August, and completed that. And we were kind of like, well, sweet, we got the money. Let's go and throw something together. And that's honestly what it would have been. We would have thrown it together. Right. And. Um, like we were talking about earlier, I feel like we're at a place where we've gotten super safe because we can. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't. We don't want to rile any feathers within our interpersonal relationships. Right. Everything just works. I don't want to make him angry, so let's just do what we've always done. And this time around, we're, we're going with a producer who called that out. Wow. And he said, you guys are way too safe lately. And, uh, and so we spent right. a lot more time... You know, because we got in this cycle of record a record, tour, record a record, tour, record a record, tour. Sure. Don't stop. ever, Don't ever stop. Mm-hmm. And so this has been really nice for us to slow down, yeah. write way too many songs, and then pick the best ones. Sure. So are we hearing any Stephanie influence in the House of Heroes? I uh, Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you That's will. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And is she going to be on another track? We've got a song where we need a female vocal. <laughs> My fingers are crossed. Yeah, I'm sure she'll she'll definitely be on something. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So you guys are actually you're you're writing a lot more material than you are putting out. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Which is kind of nice. That's what we've always done. Which sure. is, uh, you know, it's it's so funny. Like we'll listen to some songs and and uh, I'm trying to think of what a good example is. Uh, but on this record, there are one or two songs that were supposed to be on that we wrote during the end is not the end sessions, and it was just like, nah, we're not ready for this yet. You know, put it to the side, and then we listen to it again. It's like, why didn't we record that song? Huh. That's great. It's just you're not ready for sure. it. Sure, you know. That's but awesome. uh, you know, the cop from Cold Hard One yeah. was supposed to be on Suburba. and oh, really? our producer at the time was like, no, nah, I don't like that song. It's not going to make the cut. But then. Two years later, we go to record, and the producer's like, "That song's awesome. Why isn't it on the record yet?" You know. <laughs> nice. So, it's, you know, it's, that's I love that aspect of it, where it's like, 
it un- loosens the pressure a little bit to where you're like, we have to include, if we're writing it, we have to include it, you know, yeah. not necessarily, you know, you right. can, you can put it off to the side because you might not be ready for it yet. Right. So. Like Switchfoot compared in comparison, they write yeah. so many songs and, you know, yeah. I, I hear John Foreman like writes a song a day or something like that. <laughs> yeah. he says. And so it's just amazing to me to do that and then to have come to the band with like, I got 90 songs, we got to slim it down to 12, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking, how do you even begin <laughs> that process? Oh, it's got to be rough. Yeah. It's got to yeah. be because these are like your babies, I uh-huh. imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. Yeah. How does uh, the interpersonal communication go with like the bandmates? Like I've seen mm-hmm. in in your which your Wikipedia page needs to be updated by the way. Oh Just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the House of Heroes. But, yeah, um, like I've seen you've had a lot of like uh, shifts, like in bass and drums mm-hmm. and stuff. Like how does the interpersonal communication work as a band? Is it like marriage or? What's it it like? should be like marriage, uh, but we fall short of that, I think. They, uh, it's so strange to me, their communication. Yeah. The problem is we've been playing together since we were 16, sure. 15, 16 years yeah. old. And, um, Man, you know, it's a long time. Yeah, it is. And so when we first started touring, we were 19, and we're just a bunch of young kids that don't know what we're doing. And so sure. we, we found coping mechanisms to not go deep with each other right. uh, and keep the peace because what matters is th- that the band survives <laughs> it doesn't matter my feelings uh, don't matter his feelings don't matter we're gonna push all that aside wow. in order for the business to keep going the business of the band Oof. and that's it's it's awful you know yeah. I've told Steph a lot of times that'll crush you yeah that's exactly right so I've said I can't wait for the band to end so that I can just go to being friends with these guys wow. exclusively but the truth is, why can't we have that and the band right now? Yeah. All it's going to take is some honesty, and right. it's going to hurt. You know, it, it's really going to hurt yeah. to be honest with each other and to have to face these things. Like, if it's going to hurt me to hear from my brothers in the band that, hey, you know what? When you do this, it really hurts my feelings, and you're a real jerk when you do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but sure. You know what, what you're explaining there is not just indicative of a band. Yeah. But of the church. Yeah. That's oh, man, right. That's so good. Churches are Ooh, yeah. so closed between one another. And we're supposed to be. We can't be honest. Like we yeah. are in a marriage and open and honest. That's and right. Confessing our faults one to another and all that good thing. But instead, it's a gossip mill a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's one of the things that we're Factions talking about and a, a lot. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we have a long way to go to be that that uh, koinonia fellowship. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, but it's exactly what you're talking about, but on a you know a little bit bigger basis. Totally, man. Yeah, you got to keep the peace. That's what comes mm-hmm. first. But no, man, let's let's truly let's get love our hands each other. Dirty. Yeah, let's yeah. dig in. You know, be real. Yeah, let's, that's let's right. Mm-hmm. All right, it's well, awesome, guys. Thanks for being here. You bet. Super excited about the show tonight. Yeah, yeah we're dude. The show down here at the coffee shop tonight. So, but uh, you guys can get a hold of Copper Lily's EP and their full album on iTunes mm-hmm. and sure. um, probably in other places too, local stores. Yeah, you have your Amazon. website, Amazon. Also. Yeah, CopperLilyMusic.com. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. We got vinyl coming out soon. So oh, sweet. Yes. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Love to check it out. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Right, thanks we'll so much. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com or theonautspodcast.com. 
subscribe to the newsletter, and stay up to date with the latest from all of our shows, including our friends at Finding Christ Christ in in Cinema. Cinema. There are several ways to contact us and leave us face feedback. (laughs) I do that every every time. time. (laughs) Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Be like Riley Woo-hoo. and call us on our voicemail line, 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook. Facebook. At, at Facebook.com <laughs> slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's Word with us. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here. Thank you, David. And thanks, Copper Lily. Yes, God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. Love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission. This is your great commission transmission. At GCTnetwork.com. This is your great commission transmission. This is your great commission transmission. Love is legend you can't undo. <laughs>